Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member. Immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients. That way you know exactly what is going into your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And I suggest checking out their chocolate protein bars. Mmm, chocolate. Right now you can get 10% off of your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code P-O-D. Pod. That's 10% off using code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. Hello everyone and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it's a bye week. It's a bye week for the Panthers. No Hey, football. no tears in my beers this week. <laughs> no Panthers football this week. Uh, and it's probably a good week for that. You know, the NFL is closing facilities a couple of days this week just to curb the COVID spread and uh, yeah. Not a bad week for a bye week. I mean, it's the last bye week. Us and the Bucks are the only ones with a bye this week, and then it's done. No more bye weeks. It's football from here on out. Yeah. Three quarters away, done. I can't believe we got this far. There's only a month left of Panthers football. It's a little, it's depressing a little bit. Hey, but the offseason's yeah. always exciting, and, you know. I, and there's an, this... a, a very, very minuscule, small chance the Panthers make the playoffs, but, you know. It, yeah, no, we, no, I think not. that Vikings <laughs> loss kind of took any real chance we had. Probably so. Um, so we're going to talk some news today. We're going to talk uh, an interesting article in The Athletic, uh, just kind of going down all of the unrestricted and restricted free agents from the Panthers. We're going to discuss that. But we're going to kick it off with a special message from Jerry. Now... On our last podcast, we did the game reviews, and the Denver Broncos played a game without their quarterback. I rallied against the NFL. I did not realize that the quarterback's room was not following the NFL protocols for COVID-19. That's why they forced them to play without the quarterbacks, and I understand that. I was in the understanding that it wasn't that type of situation. I just want to say I get the NFL. If you're not following the rules then yeah, you're forced to play however many depleted players you are. Yeah, I agree. And at the time when we were talking about that game, um, I wasn't really aware of that either, that they had not been following protocol and that they were caught without masks on and all that. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, If you flout the rules, you need to suffer the consequences. Yeah. Same thing with the Ravens, really. I mean, they played this Wednesday game, which was odd. Um, but you know, when you've got 20 people on your team that have tested positive, 
yeah, you're probably not doing everything the way you should. No, not at all. Now, let's get into some Panther news. And some good Panther news. Yeah. Jeremy Chin won the Defensive Rookie of the Month for the month of November. Second month in a row for Jeremy Chin. Yeah. That's awesome. Great job. Yeah. And uh, Joe Person from The Athletic today said that no Panther rookie, defensive rookie at least in history, has won Defensive Rookie of the Month twice in their rookie season. Not Luke Keekley, not Julius Peppers. So mm. that's an honor. And seems like he's well on his way to Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I... I'm really worried that people are going to go to Chase Young just because of his big name. Second overall pick. He's having a good year. Yeah, but this but is cho- not chosen by the fans, right? Defensive Rookie of the Year is chosen by the you know, it's football writers, writers essentially. Yeah, but yeah. are the writers really watching Panthers games? Well, they've given him Defensive Rookie of the Month twice in a row. That's true. He's and going to he end up a... putting up numbers. I mean, his, his numbers are going to look better than Chase Young's. True. Uh, he has an day. interception, a lot more tackles. Two touchdowns. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he has any sacks. Does he have any sacks at this point? I think he has a sack or two. We could find that out. Let's get our but, research team on that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean one of us frivolously going in the background, <laughs> clicking on things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously he's going to have to keep it up, I think. Keep up this high level of play that he's mm-hmm. had for the last couple of couple of weeks here a few weeks uh, essentially for the rest of the season but i think that i mean he's got two of them now does it does chase young have two rookie of the months i don't think so no. there's only been i mean three chase months. young only has four and a half sacks i mean yeah so i mean chase young's good I... don't i mean let's yeah we're not, not saying that in. he's not good but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know for a rookie of the year i think jeremy chin's season has been more impressive I do too. Uh, you really have to play him at that linebacker type of spot. Mm-hmm. He's leading the team in tackles. He's leading all rookies in tackles. That's what you want out of your linebacker. Yeah, I think, and they're, they're playing him more at linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, over the last few weeks. So uh, I think that's probably going to end up being his position. He's just going to be a much more versatile linebacker than most. Well, if you remember correctly, Thomas Davis... Yeah, was started out his first year was at a safety and yeah. then converted to linebacker. And I say convert, it's very similar role. Yeah, they drafted Thomas Davis to spy Michael Vick, essentially. Mm-hmm. And just because he was a super athletic safety in college that uh, they thought could play some linebacker. And Jeremy Chen seems to be moving along that same trajectory, which is great because Thomas Davis was awesome for us for a long time. Uh, moving on, DJ Moore. We got a little bit of news on his injury. <clears throat> of course, at first we all feared that it could be an Achilles, uh, just the non-contact coming down on it awkwardly and not really able to walk off the field. But it looks like it's not as bad as we all thought. Um, it's listed as a, an ankle injury. No severity or anything listed, but Matt Rule uh, did say that he's not ruled out for Week 14, so after the bye He could be back. That's great news. That is awesome news. Now, if he's any questionable whatsoever, you hold him out. I would Because the game's worthless. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you've got McCaffrey coming back, supposedly, after the bye. Dante Jackson, possibly. Dante Jackson, possibly after the bye. So we could have our full team, uh, you know, minus KK. I mean, the guys that are out for the season, but... We could have as much of a full team as we've had in a long time. 
healthy uh, at week 14. How crazy is that going to be? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and we're facing Finally Denver. a healthy team, week 14. <laughs> and we're facing Denver, a team that we should beat regardless of health. So uh, who knows who's going to be playing quarterback for them. But, uh, yeah, so good news there. Uh, any other news that we want to go over, Jerry, before we get into this athletic article? No, let's just jump into this athletic report by Joe Person. All right. So, uh, by the way, guys, I don't know if it's still up, but <clears throat> you can get the athletic right now for like 12 bucks a year, which is super cheap and definitely worth it. I think normally it's 50 or $60 a year. So It's $8 a month, so it's Yeah, it's expensive. Pricey. So, um, But I've had it for a little over a year now. I got the student discount because I have an, a .edu email address still. So uh, it's great, I, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, Joe Person, who used to write for the Charlotte Observer, now writes for The Athletic, uh, posted an article where we're looking at essentially the unrestricted and restricted free agents coming up for the Panthers in 2021. Uh I thought it would be cool, or Jerry and I thought it would be cool to kind of go over some of these and kind of give our thoughts. Of course, the top one, and he's been getting some notoriety this season because he's having a very good season, is right tackle Taylor Moten. Uh, Joe Person puts it at 30% chance that he comes back. Uh, he postulates that Moten could be looking at a $15 million a year contract, which is a lot of money. Um so, Jerry, what do you think about Taylor Moten? Obviously, he's maybe the big, biggest name on this list. I think Taylor Moten is very important to get signed because we're going to have to go ahead and find a new left tackle. We're probably going to have to find another guard or two as well, and maybe even center. We don't know what the plan is with Paradis, who is playing better than he did last year. But you can't have to start over on the O-line. You drafted him second overall to become a stud right tackle. He's become a stud right tackle. You you pay him. Now, one of the worst pro- problems with this is the salary cap's going to supposedly go down 20-something mm-hmm. million this next could, year. It could. Yeah, it could. So, you know, that that is going to be a troublesome. But I also think we got rid of a lot of dead cap this year. Maybe we use it, franchise tag him if need be. I think you can't let Taylor Moten go. I agree, and I, and I would for the franchise tag in this case because the franchise tag is almost 15 million anyway um so mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind just you know if you're not able to come to some long-term agreement just keep him on the team for next year and see what happens i mean what's the worst case scenario is you lose, lose him the next year but you're not out anything really because he's going to make that money anyway so if he wants more than 15 and you're not willing to pay that then franchise him um yeah, but absolutely. yeah i agree i think I mean, what do you think the chances are that he's returned you know person puts it at 30 percent. i think, think marty hurdy likes him i mean i i don't know these guys you know yeah. i don't know the intricates of the way it works but i know gettleman drafted him so he's not a hurting guy but what he's done on the field he's played guard he's played left tackle he's played right tackle I think Matt Rule likes that, and I'm hoping that Marty Herney sees that and goes out goes out of his way and tries to get him paid. I mean, you can't back up a Brinks truck for him, obviously, but you can pay him decent money. Yeah, the whatever the salary cap ends up being, I think is going to be the major impetus as to what happens here. 
But, but I think I think they bring Moten back, which unfortunately means that some of these other guys we're about to talk about probably won't be able to bring back. Um, let's talk about the next one here. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel. You know, this is a guy that you and I have talked about quite a bit mm-hmm. in terms of whether or not he should come back. Person has him at 35% chance to come back here. I've seen some projections of him making anywhere between six to eight million dollars a year on his next deal. I mean, he's a number three receiver for the Panthers, but he has an interesting skill set that is definitely attractive to a lot of teams. So what do you think about Curtis Samuel? Well, first of all, he's a third down reception machine mm-hmm. for the Panthers this year. He's he's that guy who's getting open more often on third down. He's done the carrying of the running the ball. It's another one of those guys that I think Matt Rule would kind of like just because he's so versatile. He's doing what he asked. You know, I, I could see him trying to get him back, but it really depends on what his price tag's gonna come at. Because those receivers are getting insane amounts of money. <clears throat> You know, and we got Robbie Anderson for one more year. He signed. DJ Moore is going to be coming up next year or the year following. So Yeah, I think we got DJ for two more years. Yeah, two more years. I think you're right. So, I mean, you got to think long-term, too. Is Curtis Samuel going to be the guy opposite of DJ Moore? Or are they planning on re-signing Robbie Anderson? There's only so much cap room. I really like Curtis Samuel, and I really hope he stays. But at a reasonable cap hit. All right, so in 2021, there are a lot of pretty good wide receivers that are going to hit the market. So that may play against Curtis Samuel's value. you got A.J. Green, Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, uh, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, who's come on a little bit this year. I'm um, not hearing any of uh, You said A.J. Green. I think Allen Robinson is really good. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis, I could see where people would want to maybe sign him. He has that, you know, former first round pedigree. Other than that, AJ Green's nothing. I mean, he hasn't done anything in like three years, and he's always injured and old. But he has a pedigree, and I could see him commanding ten million dollars a year. Somebody's gonna pay him that. Um, you got Larry Fitzgerald also, which I left out. I don't think he's gonna command a lot of money. Marvin Jones. Marvin that- Jones is a solid. We guy. both like, yeah. Um, Will Fuller from the Titans. Or, I can sorry, see someone the, uh, Texans. wanting him for a lot of money. Yep. Um, of course, Antonio Brown, again, is going to be out there. Um, now yeah, Looking down the list, maybe that's about it That are in terms of high higher profile guys. John Ross is, uh, you know, a young player on a rookie contract for Cincinnati who's not really panned out. Uh, Amendola, Keelan Cole, Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco. So, yeah, maybe not quite as high profile as initially looked. But uh, I could see Curtis being like fourth or fifth in terms of, you know, the most attractive wide receivers on that list. Uh, Yeah, Marvin Jones, Allen Robinson. I think T.Y. Hilton is going to have a a higher... Oh, T.Y. I forgot you said T.Y., yeah. Yeah, T.Y. So, you know, fourth or fifth, maybe. Uh, But I I I don't think the Panthers will sign be able to sign Moten and Samuel. Mm -hmm. I would rather have Moten, I think, just for the long term. Yeah, Moten would be my number one guy. I'm going to go ahead and say that. 
again, revamping that offensive line, and he's been the best offensive lineman for the past two years on this team. Mm-hmm. You pay the guy. Yeah. Agreed. But if we can't re-sign Moten, then I think Samuel might be the second guy on yeah. this list that I would uh, want back. Um, well, let's move to an easy one here. Russell Okung, chances he's returns 10% is what person says. I don't really want him back, honestly, unless it's a- super cheap. I was going to say, I would take him back if it's cheap and more of a mentor role. He's played well while he's played. It's just he's only played half the season because he's always injured, and he's old. I yeah. I say this as I'm an older person than him, but <laughs> yeah, he's, he's old 32. for an <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's old for an NFL starter. I mean, I could see him going somewhere trying to chase a ring. Agreed. Yeah, I could see him. Uh, or, or or just chasing money. Maybe he goes mm-hmm. to Jacksonville or something like that. But um, yeah, if the money's right, sure. But I think he's you know he's good enough when healthy, like you said, that he'll probably command more than the Panthers are willing to spend. Yep. The next one here is interesting. Mike Davis. Um, person has him at forty percent chance to return, which is the highest of anyone we've talked about so far. What do you think about Mike Davis coming back? I think he'd be cheap. If I see, I don't think he's going to be that cheap. Well, I think he's making gonna, what three million a year right now. He's making three million a year this year. I think he's going to try to command four or five, <clears> and <throat> I think someone's going to pay him to do a running back by committee, and I just think that's too much. I he had a decent start this season, but he's really trailed off. And we, we can't give that much money to that position. Christian McCaffrey got that huge contract, and there's that money needs to go somewhere else. Four or five million dollars, I'd prefer that go towards a Curtis Samuel and put a little bit more on it than Mike Davis. I just don't think I don't think he's gonna cost four or five. I mean, Todd Gurley got five and a half million this Todd year. Todd Gurley has arthritic knees. Todd Gurley is also younger than Mike Davis. I don't know. If we could get him for like one, two million, yeah, I have no well, problem getting What about him back. three? What if he just signs another three, you know, two years, six million dollar deal with the Panthers? That'll take him to his his age 30 season. I'd be I, okay for, with that. Three million dollars a year? I would be I'd okay. Be I would prefer yeah. him cheaper, though. Well, I mean, there's a lot of cheaper options out there. You could draft mm-hmm. a fourth round running back and have him for the next five years and probably be okay, but. You know, um, you got Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breida are the only ones that currently make more money than Mike Davis that are going to be unrestricted free agents next year. So that's not a big list. No, it. Uh, but you got to see that Rodney Smith, Reggie Bonovan, those guys have gotten snaps and looked okay. Yeah. And if you bring Curtis Samuel back as well, he can play a little bit of running back. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just see I see some bigger names here like Carlos Hyde. You know, is making two and a half million this year, and he's definitely had a bigger track record than Mike Davis. Leonard Fournette's making two million. I just think that there's, I don't see Mike Davis as one of the guys that gets five million a year. Okay, I mean, it's running, I, it's a running back. You know, they just don't get a lot of money, unfortunately. I hope not. At the very I didn't like end. this us signing him for three million when we signed him. So yeah, but you're probably happy about it now because <laughs> he has been good for us. He's been worth three million a year easy uh 
By the way, I'm, I'd be happy at three. Anything more than that, I'm okay letting him go. I yeah. think we're, we're probably on the same page there. Uh, next is tight end Chris Manhurts, who person has it 80% coming back. Uh, I think he'd be extremely cheap. He's a blocking tight end, essentially. Yeah, I, I you just really bring him back as that third, yeah. third guy, cheap. I mean, he used to be a basketball player. You still hoped he could eventually become a receiver tight end, but more or less, he's just a down-the-depth chart guy. You know, they the coaches know him. They know what he's good at, what he's not good at. Sure, bring him back for cheap. If you're looking at bringing in a free agent tight end, your best bet is going to be Hunter Henry next year, who will uh, probably command $10 million a year or more. Yeah, uh, you, because you he's don't. only 26 and he's pretty good. Um, you got Jared Cook, also going to be an unrestricted free agent. And really, I mean, Tyler Eifert. Uh, Hunter Henry is going to get time. tagged or sign a long term yeah. I don't see anybody else. Jordan Reed. Like, I don't see any. Uh, yeah, Gerald, Gerald Everett, 27 years old. Maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. I, I think that man hurts. He's not really like the, a primary uh, pass catching tight end. I don't think he'll be super on the radar of a lot of other teams for a high cost contract. So I'm I'm perfectly happy keeping him around for one and a half, two million dollars a year, something like that. Yeah. All right, Alex Arma, <clears throat> part of the 2017 draft class here. Uh, person's got him at 35%. He's played fewer than 10% of the offensive snaps in four of the last seven games. Not a huge part of the offense at all. Um, I'm okay saying goodbye to Alex Arma. Yeah, it's the fullback position is gone. Let's just be yeah. realistic. So, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Not to be mean, but bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for your contributions and you know, good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, next couple here, uh, wide receiver Farrow Cooper, um, just basically a punt returner only at this point. But, you know, kick return, punt returner. I imagine he'll probably be gone. Yeah. Uh, he's done good, and it's nice to not be, you know, Britton Burson back there. But I'm sure we can draft a guy or find another guy out there. Yeah, and he's he's only had one 20-plus yard punt return all season, so you can find another guy out there to just to catch fair catch yeah. punts. You know? <laughs> um, another, here's an interesting one. Right guard John Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, person has him at a 50% chance of being kept. He has only allowed two sacks all season. I, I am all for like keeping solid offensive line guys here i 100 so. percent agree i'm actually trying to figure out how much he actually is or how old he is but i definitely agree i think you need to bring him back for a year or two try to get some more depth underneath him maybe daily can go to the left side and he could stay on the right but he's 28 years old oh then yeah definitely bringing him back yeah he's making four million dollars this year so you're probably looking at at least that to re-sign him because he has played well. Yeah. And you keep that, if you could get him and Moten back, I mean, that's that right side, at least staying steady, and then Paradis is already signed. Mm-hmm. So then you just have to work on that left side. Yeah. And honestly, like, 
I would have zero problems if offensive line was the position group that made the most money on this team. Yeah. I honestly think that's probably the way it should be. <laughs> offensive and defensive lines probably should be the, the highest paid positions uh, in terms of like the group. Um, next one here is another offensive lineman, left guard Chris Reed. So uh, 40% person says uh, I he hasn't played a lot. Uh, well, he has played a lot. Um, but he hasn't really been noticeable, which I guess is good for a guard, right? Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't think he need he needs to get that much money. I mean, his PFF is only fifty seven point eight. Yeah. If you can bring him back fairly inexpensive as depth, maybe not the go forward guard, but mm-hmm. depth, I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, this offensive line has been pretty okay this year. Like, there's been mm-hmm. a couple games where they've looked bad, but overall, especially given all the, you know, mixing and matching that Rule has had to do, they've been solid. And you know, they've been okay. So, I wouldn't mind bringing him back again if the money's right. Uh, another one here, guard Michael Schofield. He also is only allowed two sacks, but on much less uh, playing time for him. Uh,. Got him at 15% here, person does. I kind of agree. I, I think uh, I'd be okay if, of all the offensive linemen we've talked about if he's the one that goes. I think he wants to probably start, yeah. and he he's doesn't have that chance here. I could see him going somewhere else to. He might, yeah, he might have part. He might be a little too. He's a name, I guess. You know, he, he mm-hmm. might be. If you're looking at Michael Schofield, Chris Reed, or John Miller, like you've heard of Michael Schofield before. So, I could see him getting a little more money. Uh, mm-hmm. Next is center Tyler Larson. They've only got him at ten percent here. I'd love to have him back because I he's think gone. he's a good. Yeah, probably. He, I think he's, he's a very good backup. He's a Washington football team player already on his helmet. <laughs> he's probably I see. Right, starting to center for them. <laughs> yeah. I again, I wouldn't mind him back. Nothing against him. He's been a good backup center, backup guard type of rotational guy. But I just see that he probably is going to go back to what's familiar and Washington is familiar with him. Well, he probably wants to start, or he yeah. wants more playing time at least. Um, and honestly, he was he was good when he filled in for Khalil, so I'd be happy if he if he's able to come back. But you know, he might just be mm-hmm. a luxury we can't afford. Uh, next one here to hear Whitehead. Bye. 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 <laughs> Have a good day. Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> he has gone from getting 90% of the snaps in week one to 1% of the snacks, snaps Bye. last week, which was a higher percentage than he had the week before. So I don't need to say anything else. Bye. All right. Glad we only signed you for one year. Cornerback Rasul Douglas. Uh, chances he returns to 50%. And I, I sort of feel that way about him, right? Like, I think early in the season he looked really good, and mm-hmm. you know we were extremely happy to have him. Then he, I guess he got COVID, and since he's been back, he's just not been as good. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. Well, that's the reason why Philadelphia got rid of him is because yeah. he would look really good, and then he would look really bad. And they had some other guys that they had more faith in staying consistent. So. I was happy at the beginning of the season. He's kind of struggling lately. I hope we bring him back 
but at a fair price. I don't want to overpay this guy. Uh, Dante Jackson has to make a step up whenever he gets healthy, and next year is going to be a big year for him. So we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just looking at corners who are free agents <laughs> next year, you have to go pretty far down the list to find one that's under 30 years old. Uh, but yeah. the number one one would be Patrick Peterson. And this draft agent. class is supposed to be very, very fruitful for a cornerback. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I could also see them letting him go and going, diving deep in the or early in the draft on that. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I actually would like to see him come back. Um, this next guy, another corner, Corn Elder, who has finally, it seems like, hit his stride, stride this year and is delivering on some of that promise that you know Gettleman saw when he drafted him 38 tackles this year um, they've got the chances of him returning at 33 percent feels like we probably won't bring back Douglas and Elder mm-hmm. I don't think Elder is going to cost a lot because you know he does have he basically just one year of solid play <laughs> behind him yeah. that being this year so I wouldn't mind locking him down for a few years at a decent price I think that's probably what's going to happen yeah, I, obviously this coaching staff knows what to get out of him. I mean, because he's looked like, well, you could go to my backyard with my two big dogs and figure out what he's looked like before this year. Mm-hmm. And this year, the coaching staff seemed to kind of find his role and really get the best out of him. If they want to get him cheap and bring him back, I'm all for it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm just going to talk about these next two guys together just to save time. Linebacker Darius Taylor and linebacker Julian Stanford. Uh, both are at 10%. Uh, neither has played a lot. Taylor has been on injured reserve since week seven. And uh, Stanford is basically a special teams guy. I Can't don't really bodies. care. Yeah, I don't really care about either of these guys. I'm, I'm fine with them. I could see them coming in for a camp and either making that bubble at the end or not. I mean, yeah. that's what these guys are. Not uh, to be mean. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I mean, they're just not, not kind of non-factors this year. Um, this next guy I think is very important. Long snapper mm-hmm. J.J. Jansen. Uh, he has not had a bad snap since the 2010 season opener. Uh, maybe the most important player on this team. <laughs> not most important player. Not but... most important. But, uh, you know. If you have a bad long snapper, you'll yeah. notice. You'll know it. Yep. He's a great one. He's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Uh, person has the chances that he returns at 75%, which is pretty dang high. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to turn 35 in January, so he's not a young guy. But that's a position, man, where he's, you're not, he's not going to cost a lot of money. And like you said, if you've got a bad one, you know it. So <laughs> let's keep him around. I, lo- I love J.J. Jansen. Yeah, he probably has a nice little life, you know, family here, house. You know, he's been here for so long. I mean, just stick around a couple more years. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's all the unrestricted free agents there. A um, couple of restricted free agents that are interesting. F.A. Obata, who was waived before the season started and then was brought back, has played pretty well. He's uh, second on the team in sacks with only three and a half, but... You know, he is second on the team in sacks, and uh, they've got him at 95% chance he returns. And I'd love to have him back. I mean, we were both kind of bummed uh, when they cut him earlier this year and, and pretty happy when he 
got back, and I think he's played well. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed 100%. He's probably not going to cost very much. The only team you got to really probably worry about is maybe Buffalo or Washington trying to poach him. But yeah, and the good that, the good thing about it is we could put a, you know, you put a restricted tender on him. So even if he does get stolen by Buffalo or something, you put a second round tender on him or something, and you know, I'd be okay getting a second round pick out of yeah. it, I guess. Um, next, we've got offensive tackle Trent Scott, who has played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, got seventy five percent chance he returns. And these numbers are a little higher because these guys are restricted free agents. So, um, again, another guy that I'd be happy to bring back. I would be ecstatic to bring him back. He's played really well for us at left tackle with Okung out. I mean, so good that they basically, second-year guy Greg Little is being Mm -hmm. scratched. Yeah. Which, you could look at it one way. Trent Scott's playing really well, (laughs) or Greg Little's looking really bad. But I'm going to prefer to try to look at this. At least Trent Scott's playing well enough that they feel comfortable if he has to step in. Yeah, uh, he's starting over Dennis Daly as well, who played a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know Dennis Daly's been hurt a bit this year. But, um, yeah, I'd be happy to bring Trent Scott back. And and seems like uh, Joe Person, at least, is pretty confident that will happen. Uh, next couple of guys here are wide receivers. Keith Kirkwood, Brandon Zilstra. Uh, he's got the, both of these at 15, 50%, excuse me. Of course, Kirkwood has been hurt all season. We don't really know much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zilstra has had a couple of moments. He caught a mm-hmm. pass last week, I think. And, uh, you know, again, these are both bottom of the roster wide receivers who will probably not be active every week and, you know, are just guys to have on the team. I'd be happy probably with either of them. Uh, point me more towards Zilstra just because I know more about him. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. I like Zilstra a little bit more just because I've seen him actually make some plays for mm-hmm. us. So, Yeah, so now we've got uh, – he's got this listed as other. I don't know. I guess these are unrestricted free agents um, or they're just uh, some sort of they're, – they're definitely potentially free agents. Uh, Joey Sly, kicker. This will be an interesting one. He's got him at 75%. I think it's really going to depend on how the rest of the season goes with Joey. Um, you know, he's he's done okay. He's 24 of 31. A few of those that he's missed, would, or a couple of them, would have been NFL record kicks. Um, so you almost have to take those out, uh, and, and from his percentage at least. Mm. Um, he has missed a few extra points as well. Had one blocked at least. Um, and he's missed some game winners, so I don't know. I mean, Harrison Butker and Graham Gano are both having really good years, so that does not help Joey because, you know, he replaced Gano, and then Butker was the guy that we got rid of before Joey came in. So I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I, I hope he comes back. I like Joey a lot as a uh, – you know, I think it's going to be a kicking competition in the preseason Do you think they'll year. draft a guy late, late in the draft? They'll or? sign somebody. I don't know if it'll be a rookie or another guy that's kind of young. Yeah. I I think Joey Slice, this was his year to show he could become a consistent kicker, and he's not doing that. Do you think they'll bring in a veteran or a young guy? I think a younger guy. Yeah. That seems maybe Maybe a veteran, but a two, three year veteran, not a. Somebody that went to uh, Temple Temple. or uh, Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, again, I'd be happy to bring Joey back. I think he's kicked well. Uh, I do wish that he'd make some of these some of these 50-yard-plus field goals that mm-hmm. they're trotting him out there for. Um, that's kind of been a bummer. And so next couple of guys here, I mean, K1 Short, I think we both assume he'll be gone. I think we assumed he would be gone before this season even started. Um, yeah, 15% his, chance based on person. He just has too much of a cap hit, and yeah. he's been injured too much. I I really like him, and if he's back, great. I We just need him to be healthy because I was really excited to see Derek Brown and him next to each other. Luckily, Zach Kerr has stepped up and looked really good. Yeah, and I think KK here, I think why he's listed in other is he still has a year on his contract, but they can cut him and save some money. So uh, definitely he's not worth $15 million a year next mm-hmm. year based on how he's, uh, his health at least has gone the last couple of years. So, yeah, I'd be happy if they could bring him back for like $6 million a year or something. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Uh, and then s- last one on the list here, Stephen Weatherly. Um, been on IR last few weeks. Uh, they've got him at ten percent coming back. <clears throat> I think he's gone. I think yeah. he's our. They could save six million by releasing him again. This is a guy that has a year left on his contract, but um, they could you know save money by cutting him. I mean, he he was brought in here to be a rotational guy with Etor and Brian Burns to bring that pass rush, and so far, Brian Burns is the only one who's putting up that pass rush. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's going to depend on the salary cap and everything. I could see bringing him back for $6 million a year. I mean, that's not a ton of money. Um, But again, it's going to depend on the draft. It's going to depend on free agent, how much money they have to spend. And it could be a training camp cut because they bring in a guy that maybe outperforms in training camp, and they're like, "Mm, we could save $6 million for not – much worse or you know however they want to see it agreed Uh, and there may be some guys out there that get cut or or are free agents that would make about the same amount of money that would be better for the panthers so Mm. in fact let's see um uh let's see edge rushers well matt judon leonard williams Melvin Ingram. I mean, there's some numbers out there, or guys out there. Bud Dupree, Shaquille Barrett, Jadavian Clowney, Ngakwe, Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, there's some uh, interesting names out there. So, all those guys would cost more than $6 million a year, though. So Absolutely. Uh, Everson Griffin right now makes $6 million a year. He's going to be a free agent. That could be an interesting one. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's going to be options. Between the draft and free agency you never know all right uh i think that is it any other comments you want to make on that conversation i know i just think taylor mountains should be the prime time guy you need to focus in yeah agreed all right well let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and now for a quick break and a word from our sponsor i want to tell you about yubico Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Yubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. 
As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at Yubico.com. That's code POD, P-O-D, at Yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. This year we're all looking for the perfect holiday gift and today I want to tell you about the gallery. The gallery shop is a curated collection of photographs from all around the world. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now for the holiday season the gallery is exclusively offering our listeners 25% off of your next purchase using the code FRIDAY. That's 25% off of your next purchase at thegallery.com, that's the G-A-L-R-Y.com, using the code FRIDAY. The Gallery, create your perfect space. And we are back. Alright, so we're going to look at some around the league action that occurred today on Sunday. Uh, but first, Jerry, you brought up something kind of interesting during the break. Yeah, what I said is the Wednesday 340 game between the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers had a higher rating, television rating, than the NBA Finals did at 340 p.m. Eastern Time. That's wild. Yes, that's wild. I also was kind of curious. Maybe they should start looking into that to maybe do an East Coast game around, you know, 6 o'clock instead of always starting 8.30 or so. What, like on a, a Monday night or something? Yeah. Well, they Or a Thursday night. Usually the first game of the season, like the first Monday night game of the season is usually around like 6.30 or 7, right? Because they do the doubleheader. If they do the doubleheader, yeah. yes. Well, they're doing a five o'clock one this, this Monday, tomorrow. There's oh, yeah, a five o'clock game. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, I never get to see the end of the games, honestly, because I got to be up for work, so I can't really so stay old. up. You're so old, Jerry. I am old. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess you just have to think about the West Coast. You know, if you've got a no. a five o'clock game, that's two o'clock for them. You know, most of them are still at, at work on Monday or well, whatever. I, like I said, I said 6, 6.30, and that's still, yes, it's 3.30 yeah, in the still, afternoon there. Yeah. But it, they should only do it for East Coast teams, like the Chargers, the Rams, the Raiders. I mean, who works in Vegas anyways? I mean, yeah, <laughs> they could maybe play it that time. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, the NFL wants as much ratings as it can get nationwide, I, especially I think for those. I that proves that they still will get the ratings, though. That's what I, my thought is. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I always like those weird timing games, like the when they go to London, the nine thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. game. Oh, I love the nine thirty a.m. So great! Games. Like you get to we get to feel sort of like we're on the West Coast because they always get their ten o'clock games, you know, uh, on Sundays. So that is cool. That's interesting. Um, I mean, the NFL, pff, the power of the NFL, right? I mean, they yeah they routinely their regular season games will outrate world series games all almost all, every year and of course the nba finals this year they were down but that's still pretty impressive yeah all right let's move on to actually the nfl week 13 scores 
We're going to start off with the New Orleans Saints beating the Atlanta Falcons 21-16. And with this win, they went ahead and stamped their ticket to the playoffs. Still number one seed currently. So they're already on their way. doesn't matter if they lose out. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, and another win for Taysom Hill. He, lo- he looked pretty good. He threw his I'm... first touchdown pass of his career today, and he got two of yeah. them. So yeah. Congratulations to him, I guess. I mean, it makes you wonder, like, you know, with Teddy last year winning five games for them, uh, now Taysom's won, what, three? Is, is he 3-0 and now with uh I'm not sure. It's I, I think this I is think his third two. game. I uh, thought it was two, but I think this was his third game. Uh, so he's three and zero now, and I don't know. Is it maybe it's just the system? Because well, uh, Teddy Teddy you know. threw a lot better than Taysom Hill too. I think <clears throat> Taysom Hill has only like 200 passing yards. So well, he had a lot today. 232 passing yards today. Two touchdowns. I still, I don't think he's thrown an interception yet. And of course, he runs a I'm lot kinda... better than. Uh, well, oh yes, yeah. he did run. He went. He threw an interception last week, but he runs a lot better than Teddy. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm sour on Teddy. But well, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, Chicago Bears. Detroit Lions. The Lions win this one in a comeback because the Bears were actually leading most of this game. Uh, Lions win 34-30. to Another Trubisky start for the Bears, and he looked okay in this one. Um, but Matt Stafford looked much better, threw for 400-plus yards, three touchdowns. Um, Marvin Jones had a big game. So uh, Lions moved to 5-7. and seven. Bears fall to 5-7 and seven after starting at 5-1. and one. <laughs> Matt Nagy, you are on the hot seat, sir. He's gone. He is gone. Now, moving on, this game I was really excited to watch until I watched it. The Browns <laughs> really dominated the Tennessee Titans 41-35. I watched the first half, and then I went to the Jags-Minnesota game. Yeah, this game was over midway through the second quarter. And the yeah. score is way closer than the game actually was. Absolutely. It was a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. I think what Baker had four touchdowns in the first half. I think that's all. That was the first time a Browns quarterback has done that since the 1950s. Yeah. That's wild. Um, by the way, the Browns secure a winning season for the first time in 12 or 13 years. So. Yeah, it was. I think it was the 90s, I believe, I heard. Oh, wow. Okay. Even better. Uh, moving on, the... Miami Dolphins win again. Uh, Tua Tongvaloa gets another win. 19-7 to over the Bengals. Uh, it wasn't really ever in doubt that they were going to win this game. The Bengals are you know, on their third-string quarterback at this point and uh, not really competitive. But the Dolphins moved to 8-4. and four. They are pushing for that AFC East. Man, the Crown. Dolphins hit a home run last offseason with Brian Flores. Yeah. That coach is great. He made that Dolphins team <clears throat> last year competitive towards the end of the season. Well, you remember, they were like they were looking at 0-16. Everybody thought, oh, this is like the worst team in the oh, league they were get- last year. Yeah, they were getting blown out like 40-something to 10. Yeah. And the 10 came in they the, were a joke. the fourth quarter. Yeah, 
They yeah. were a joke. And they came so on strong. Brian Flores, congratulations, man. Yeah, could be coach of the year this year. Now, I switched over to the Jacksonville Jags versus the Minnesota Vikings game because it was surprisingly close, and the Jags were leading in the second half. But it went to overtime, and the Vikings pulled it off. 27-24. I, I think that I think Minnesota might sneak into the playoffs. Well, this puts them at a tie, I think, with Arizona, right, for that last. No, they have they have it. Okay, they have the tiebreaker. They okay. are in. So, yeah, it, Panthers. If if they'd have won last week against the Vikings, would have been one game out and in decent position to battle for that yeah. spot. Oh, missed opportunities. Um, next game, Raiders-Jets. Uh, the Jets, they were this close to getting their first win today. It took a Hail Mary throw at the very end of the game that, for some reason, uh, the Jets' defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, decided to blitz on the last play of the game with no timeouts left for the Raiders and a receiver got free, and Carr hit him in stride, and he got the touchdown. They won the game at the very end, 31-28. And, and this is why you're 0-12. Time, <laughs> that's the time you actually play the prevent-style defense mm-hmm. that Phil just, Snow likes to play. Yeah, cover the sidelines. Like, hey, don't let them score. Yep. Don't let them score. Yep, cover the sidelines, cover the end zone. A- anything yep. else is fine. And, uh, yeah, th- he just got behind the defense. It was Cake and uh, Raiders yeah. move to seven and five. Jets fall to zero and twelve. Adam and Gase moving is gone. on to another last play of the game, kind of ending it. Texans were on about the three or four yard line against the Colts, down by six. Second and goal. Deshaun Watson fumbles a snap. Mm. Indianapolis recovers and goes on to finish off the game. Twenty six twenty. Yeah. Colts, Colts improve is... to eight and four. Texans fall to four and eight. At least the Texans aren't a joke like they were at the beginning of the season. Since they got rid of Bill O'Brien, they have been competitive. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Rams and Cardinals. This was a, a supposed to be a good game, but the Rams sort of ran away with this one. They win thirty-eight twenty-eight. Um, another loss for the Cardinals. They're now six and six after having a pretty hot start. The Rams win again, eight and four. And uh, Jared Goff continues to look competent, and uh, that, that team's going to be a factor in the playoffs. Yeah, the Cardinals have lost five out of the last six games, and that one win was a Hail Mary, DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. jump up. That's right. Touchdown last second over to the Buffalo Bills. I didn't even think about that. You're right. They should be five and seven probably at best at this point. Mm-hmm. And the cream rises to the top. The New York Giants pull <laughs> off an upset to take a commanding lead of the NFC East at 5-7. and seven. They beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-12. Wow, didn't see that one coming. They no, went into did. Seattle and defeated them. That's yeah, impressive. I guess. I mean, there's no fans there. Like, it's not exactly the, you know, scary it's place the that it usually is. I mean, is. anytime they win, it's pretty impressive. Well, and they've they were been winning a lot lately. That's the impressive thing. That's the impressive thing. They've won four in a row now, the Giants. Oh, that's crazy. I, I mean, three of those were Washington, Philadelphia, and the Bengals. 
Hey, 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 hey. It's Googling? an NFC East team anytime they yeah. win. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, it's impressive. They have the Cardinals next week, so uh, well, that'll be even more impressive. They can beat the Cardinals. Uh, yes, yeah, so they rise to the top, as you said, because the Philadelphia Eagles lost today again uh, to the Green Bay Packers 30-16 to in another game that... Uh, you know, just wasn't good. Carson Wentz did get finally pulled from this game, and Jalen Hurts came in and did okay. You know, six for 15, 79 yards. I'm sorry, that was Carson Wentz. That was Carson second. Wentz. Yeah, yeah. He he actually they made it competitive. Uh, Jalen Hurts was they five for 12, 109 within, yards and a touchdown. They they pulled it within a touchdown until. Aaron Jones broke off a 77-yard touchdown late in the fourth quarter, and at that point, they didn't have another enough possessions to yeah. come back. But they brought it within one. Is this the end of Carson Wentz this year? Yes. At least in the Eagles uniform. I don't know. I think it should be. I don't think you drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round if you weren't planning on moving on anyways. I don't know. I mean, the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the second round. Or the first round, actually. And so, they're planning on moving on from Aaron ev- Rodgers eventually. Well, eventually. All right, let's get to this last game here. The last game. Cam Newton led the New England Patriots nah, to a... No, nah. no, he didn't. Go ahead. He did it? No, he did not. To a dominating <laughs> win, 45-0. to zero. The New England Pacers' defense and special teams led the Patriots to this win. Cam Newton was 12 for 19 for 69 yards and a touchdown in a 45 to nothing victory. That is impressive. He did what? He, <laughs> he did what? I mean, they just ran the ball. That's all they did. I mean, he had 14 carries, 48 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground too. I yeah, mean, he did. You're right. The defense won the game, but. Yeah. The defense absolutely won the game. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, oh, Cam is back, blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. This is not the Cam Newton of old. I'm sorry. He's well, That, no, that I guy is, does not exist that... anymore. No, 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 Jerry. We know. But Panthers Nation out there on Twitter talking about how, oh, Cam, imagine Cam on this team with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and, you know, Christian McCaffrey, blah, blah, blah. No, I think he would be the same. I don't think he'd be much better than he is right now with the with the Patriots. And by the way, I want to apologize. Carson Wentz is staying in Philly. Yeah, I if they cut him next year, they have a fifty-nine million dollar cap hit against him. <laughs> well, they could try to trade him, I guess. <sighs> they can't. Ooh, I, yeah, I don't think they'll cut him. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's all calm down, Panthers fans. Like you know, maybe Teddy Bridgewater is not the future of this team, but Cam Newton. It was definitely not the future of this team either. And he has not played at all this year in a way that would make me confident that he's the future of any team. Nah, it's so sad. I think that shoulder injury just kind of ruined his career. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see the, if the Patriots make the playoffs, though. I mean, I think to me that is just a testament to how good Bill Belichick is as a coach, taking a roster like this to the playoffs. That would be impressive. Of course. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, right a, now, a... the Broncos and Chiefs are playing, and the Broncos are beating the Chiefs 10-6. to 6. It's uh, almost halftime. 
So that's interesting. I would take the money on Kansas City in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know they're just you in know fact, they're just a couple plays away. Let's see. So. Uh, well, do you have anything else for the day? No, I don't guess so. All right. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read the comment on the show. We'll be back on Thursday with our preview of Carolina Denver Broncos. Until then, everybody stay safe and keep pounding. Wow, <laughs> wow,